Welcome to Stories from a Drifting Leaf. I'm the Sentimental Mechanic. This story is called Crossed Arms. The two armies were nearly spent. Bodies covered the ground, and the screams of the dying filled the air. Crows circled the field, and fires fought with the sunset to provide some light. Two men stood at the center of a low hill, staring at each other, swords held in a guard stance, breathing heavily from the exertion of the day. Maedoc, the defiler, was tall and broad, in black armor and helm, his shoulders heaving as he sucked in breath, holding a sword that dripped green fire. He had been granted it by the high priest of Gorlax, the devourer, on his fifth birthday, and the daily training he had endured for the last twenty years had left him with a build that most blacksmiths would envy. His armor was bloody, but none of it was his. He had carved through armies in front of him like a farmer scything wheat in order to reach his prize. No one had been able to stand between him and his destiny. Across from him stood Bellamin, the protector of the faith, champion of Elduel, also tall but lean and quick, panting from exertion. He flipped his head to get some sweat-damp hair out of his eyes. His armor was white and gold, befitting a champion of the light, and also covered in the blood of those who had chosen to challenge his title. His sword was a pale amber and glowed with a beatific light. He had also been training since he was a child. The daily regimen had left him slim where Madoc was broad, and he moved with a dancer's grace between the foes. He spun through the melee so quickly, flitting between one opponent and the next, that the soldiers of the defiler had never stood a chance. Bellamin drew himself up and extended his sword to Madoc in a salute. The light illuminated his helmet enough to make out the blonde hair and green eyes. From thirty feet away, Madoc glared at him, then slowly raised his sword up in front of his face in the same gesture, the sickly green fire showing that he was dark of both hair and eye. They held that tableau for a heartbeat, then both were charging at each other across the hilltop. Their swords clashed, the energy of their strike billowing out around them. An encampment that had been miraculously still standing collapsed from the shockwave. They crossed arms and leaned into each other. I will not allow you to slaughter my people any longer, Defiler, Bellamin hissed. He kicked Madoc in the gut, forcing him to withdraw, and aimed a slash at his head that just missed Madoc as he ducked. Madoc backed up like a bear at bay. He sneered at Bellamin. Yeah, right. We're the murderers. We aren't the ones who burned down the village of Habar just to send a message. Did you know there was an orphanage there? Did you even care? Madoc charged again, and the pair traded a series of furious blows. Madoc fainted, then dodged to the right and managed to land a haymaker on Bellamin's jaw. Bellamin went spinning away but recovered, holding his sword with one hand and rubbing his jaw with the other. He brought both hands on the pommel of his sword. The orphanage was supposed to be empty. We gave them a week to leave. We had to destroy it before the dragons hatched, Bellamin shouted. They would have killed everyone for miles. We had no choice. Madoc sneered. I pulled the bodies of the children from the wreckage myself. He attacked with a powerful overhand strike, which Bellamin parried before dancing away. Like you're so pure, Defiler. I saw what your people did to the town of Oldshire. I know how you got your title. I saw the bodies in the street. I saw the ruined church. 
I saw the blasphemous things you summoned there, and I'm the one that put them down. Felamon darted in with quick slashes, forcing Madoc to back up. And for what? Because they didn't want to labor in the mines for the glory of Gorlax? Bellamon pressed his advantage, forcing Madoc to retreat and put a fire pit between them to get room to maneuver. Lies. Just like your fool of a god. We went there to buy grain, and we were attacked. We were forced to defend ourselves. And I don't know what the priests did after I left with the grain. I wasn't part of that. Defend yourself? Against farmers and women? I'm sure you were in terrible danger. Bellamon leapt over the fire pit to attack in an insane move, coming down and crossing arms again with Madoc. They held that pose, straining against each other, until, with a roar, Madoc shoved back so hard that Bellamon was forced to turn a somersault in midair to land on his feet on the other side of the fire pit where he started. They glared at each other with pure hate, breathing heavily. Madoc spat out of the side of his mouth. You're trying to make me doubt myself. It won't work. My faith is strong and you are weak. In a flash, Madoc drew a dagger from his belt and threw it at Bellamon, forcing him to dodge, and followed it up with a slash that Bellamon just barely managed to get away from. Bellamon grinned for the first time. You wouldn't think I was so weak if you saw the gruel that was forced to eat every day. Bellamon charged. For Corion! He spent the next minute trading slower and slower blows, until Madoc landed a headbutt, and then both fell back, exhausted. Strange battle cry. For Corion, Madoc growled, celebrating one of your massacres. Bellamon drew his eyebrows together. Avenging one of yours. I know how your priests wiped out that town as well and used the blood to power your war effort. Madoc paused and lowered his sword a hair. What are you talking about? There wasn't anyone to wipe out. Your soldiers drove out the people and castrated the men just to make sure they couldn't provide more foot soldiers for the enemy. Bellamon also lowered his sword a fraction. Wait, Corion? Down on the river Aj? Madoc nodded. I was told your people killed all the men first. There would have been none left to castrate. Madoc blinked and frowned in thought, and he shook his head slowly. Bellamon kept talking. Next, I bet you're going to say you don't even participate in the reaping. The number of boys you kidnap to train as soldiers ruins families. And for what? Madoc jerked his sword back up. We have to do that to keep up with your culling, or we would be overrun. At least we just take one out of every ten. Your people grab every child over the age of twelve. Half of our magic is used to provide for the families you've destroyed. The two of them just stared at each other, breathing, trying to figure out how to attack next. Madoc was the first to speak. I am going to ask you a question. How you answer will determine what I do next. Do I have your word that you will answer truthfully? Bellamon nodded. You do. Did they really make you eat gruel every day, too? They did. The priest said it made me pure. I think they were just cheap. Madoc nodded. I swear to you, as a champion of Gorlax, that I will lower my sword if you will lower yours. May Gorlax drag me to the forsaken pits for an eternity if I am lying. Bellamon studied what he could see of Madoc's face. Finally, he nodded as well. Very well. May the flames of Elduil burn me forever if I break the peace. They both slowly lowered their weapons, watching each other for the slightest sign of betrayal. Finally, both men had their swords hanging at their sides. 
Madoc grinned. I know for a damn fact that my priests were cheap. They would dine on roast meat every night, but I had to eat gruel to keep me hungry. Kept me hungry for damn sure. Bellman couldn't see much beyond the smile, but he liked it. Bellman grinned back. I never went to bed full. Every night I would just curl around my stomach and dream of food. I stole some ham once. It was incredible. I didn't know what food could taste like that. Lucky bastard. What did it taste like? Madoc shrugged. I don't know. It just didn't taste like gruel, and that was all that was important. I do understand that. He looked down at the ground and said quietly, Did they ever let you know your family? Madoc, the defiler, the destroyer of kings, the bane of the faith, flinched at that. He sighed. No. I was taken from them when I was very young. I never knew them. When I turned 16, they let me meet a man they said was my father for one night. But I didn't recognize him. I couldn't remember anything about him. Could have been anyone. I really don't know. You? They took me when I was young, too. I think I remember my mother, her laugh. But that's all. I never saw them again. They told me my family was killed in one of your raids, but somehow I doubt that now. The two of them stared at the ground. Madoc fingered the pommel of his sword. To be honest, this sword has been the closest thing I've had to family, he said. They let me have a pet goat at the monastery. Beyond this sword, that's the only sort of family I've ever had. They said it would teach me to care for others. Did it? asked Madoc, still staring at the ground. <laughs> they taught me that I hate goats. That's about it. They made me slaughter it for the feast, welcoming me to adulthood. I still only got gruel. They gave me a puppy when I was six. Bellman looked up. I would have killed for a puppy. And Madoc grimaced. They actually did make me kill it the next year to prove I was worthy. Otherwise, they would have flayed me alive for over a month as punishment. Bellman winced. I'm sorry. Me too. They were quiet for another minute before a question occurred to Madoc. Did they ever uh, let you near any women? Bellamin threw back his head and roared with laughter. When he looked back down, Madoc had that grin plastered on his face again. Yeah, Madoc said. <laughs> Me neither. Not that I really minded. Bellamin raised an eyebrow. Oh no? Madoc gave a half shrug. No, my interests lie in different directions. Bellamin grinned and said, I understand that too. Now, they gave each other more appreciative looks up and down. Bellamin sighed. Do you even know why we're fighting here? Honestly? Madoc gestured with his sword at the battlefield around them. This is supposed to be the great battle. This is supposed to decide the fate of the world. We have to fight to see what happens next. One of us falls and the other leads their side to a new era of, I don't know, being in power. That's what they've been telling me all my life anyway. Now, I, now I'm not sure how much truth they ever told me. I don't know. Bellman shook his head and walked over to a fallen log. 
he drove his sword into the ground, took off his helmet, and shook out his hair. Madoc didn't miss how good Bellamin looked, shaking his hair out, but still raised an eyebrow. That's a tactical mistake, you know. Bellamin sat on the log and started pulling off his gauntlets. You know, I'm honestly not sure why we're fighting. I have more in common with you than I ever did with the priests. The people who raised us, we just got caught up in their game. He dropped the gauntlets to the ground and worked his fingers back and forth. Madoc walked to the other end of the log and drove his sword into the ground. He sat down and took off his helmet and used a leather thong to tie his hair back in a ponytail. It drew attention to his neck, which Bellamin had inappropriate thoughts about. Madoc leaned forward and rested his arms on his knees and said, You know, I think you might be the first person I've ever met who was honest with me. What do you think you would want to do if you weren't the chosen protector of a god? Bellamin looked up at the sky and smiled. Cook. Definitely a cook. Why? Bellamin shook his head. I think the priests always had me do the cooking, but... I never got to eat it. What about you? Madoc took his time thinking as he took off his gauntlets. I think I'd like to be a brewer. Really? Madoc grinned, and Bellman noticed how his eyes sparkled now that he could see them. I stole a cask of ale once. I loved it. I got beaten for a week, but it was worth it. You know, we could just leave. There's nobody left on my side to report on what happens here. You did a great job of wiping them out, by the way, said Bellman. Thanks. When you fell from the sky to break our cavalry charge, I thought we were finished. That was well done. Bellman grinned back. Yeah, that was a pretty good move. Madoc started pulling off his boots. But we leave, and then what? We're killers. Monsters. That's what they made us into. What would we do? Bellman started removing his greaves. We don't have to be monsters. The people who raised us, they're the monsters. We can still choose to be something else. I mean, between us, a brewer, and a chef, we have options. We could probably just quit, leave, and let them fight this stupid war on their own. We could start an inn, and maybe see where things go from there. Madoc looked Bellman from head to toe and smiled slowly. We could call it the crossed arms. I like it. Elduel and Gorlax glared at each other from across the game board, then turned to fate. What the hell was that? demanded Elduel. This was supposed to be the final battle between our two forces, and instead our champions make kissy faces at each other and walk away. Knew I should have had him castrated, grumbled Gorlax. Fate smiled and started putting away the pieces. You went in assuming one of you would win, that you were kings of the board. I simply noticed that you had advanced a couple of pawns a bit too close to the other side and played for a draw. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm meeting Luck for dinner at the Crossed Arms in ten years. I'm told the food there is divine. Stories for this podcast are written by A Drifting Leaf. If you'd like to read more for yourself, Look on Reddit for A Drifting Leaf. This podcast is recorded and barely edited by me, The Sentimental Mechanic. 
Thanks for listening. I hope to tell you another story soon.